Larry, it's like a high school reunion, man. I haven't talked to you for two weeks. I missed you, bro. I know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we chatted though here and there. We, yeah, we had some lengthy course. like text message chats. Of course, because shit still goes down. Yeah, you no, know, shit, is, shit is going down every day, man. Uh, how you been, man? How's Georgia, bro? Georgia is in the news all the time still. We're just we're taking the Herb of the Year award for sure. Um, we. It's good. Uh, I think people are starting to feel less afraid and um, getting back out into the world. Um, a lot of restaurants are having people on the patio to eat and uh, a lot of to-go stuff and uh, a lot of masks, though. I'm seeing a lot of people wear masks, but I'm still not really going out as much as maybe it would seem. Um, so I'm still being safe. I'm going to let these people get sick before me, bro. So you haven't changed your approach in terms of going out or loosening any restrictions and things like that? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, we considered hanging with some friends, like a social distance, like driveway hang, but um, haven't actually executed that yet. Yeah, I've seen seen people start to do that a little more now. And I don't know, I'm, I'm still feeling a little iffy about it. Yeah, it's definitely like towing the line and uh, makes you feel like you're like kind of breaking the law maybe a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I think we're all starved for um, social interaction and we're bending the rules in our favor. Um, some people way more than others, um, but I'm still pretty much like uh, as, as business as usual here. Yeah, I feel I do feel like we're all reaching that point where we need okay there's the there's the Lil Wayne lighter um, yeah the lighter right. flick it's Sunday there's nothing going on <laughs> yeah people kept telling me happy long weekend in emails on Friday and I'm like what are you talking about man um, but what is that anyway like is there a long weekend right now that I'm is it, not is it there? Memorial Day in I think the that's US? next week okay so maybe that's it's next. a Canadian long weekend then mm. but yeah, people Canadian just kept, Memorial Day. Yeah, people just kept wishing me happy long weekend. I'm like, what kind of normal life are you leading right now? Yeah, it's like, what is that? It's all a long weekend, bro. <laughs> yeah, but you're right though. I think we're all reaching the point because it's been like, it's been two months now. I think I haven't Plus, really been like yeah. keeping count. Right, it's been like maybe like ten weeks or something like that. Yeah, and I think I did reach a point probably like last week or maybe two weeks ago when we talked where I just needed to add something to my life, to like the routine. And I started like going for walks and I've been going for walks like every other day. And yesterday I finally went for like my first run. Um, How'd it feel? It was good, man. Like I was definitely um, very out of shape. So so I gotta I gotta stop just, uh, just eating whatever I want. Um, I'm gonna change my eating routine a little bit, but it, the run was good, man. There was definitely a lot more people outside than I expected. Like people were just hanging out at parks and like I saw these kids who were like just playing jokes. Like they were just rubbing like these public like bike racks that we have. Like, you know, like the rental bikes, like you can just Uh rent and ride around. And they were just joking. They were just like rubbing the bikes and rubbing it on each other. And I'm like, yo, that's not funny, man. You really might get sick in two weeks. Like they're the equivalent of the Miami or the spring breakers in uh, Florida. Yeah. And and, and, like, I don't want to stereotype, but I, I feel like, like kids that age like teenagers and stuff like i don't i just don't think they're taking it seriously especially because you read about all the stuff about how it just affects like 
older people, which is like absolutely not true. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot we don't know, right? So the, the best thing to do is to be safe and survive this and not die. Shit. Like we're not like I got I got things to do in this life and uh, I'm just going to lay low until it's safe. What yeah. else is there to do? We're trying to create content for another like 35 years, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. So much good content coming out. <laughs> Imagine making content when you're like 70. Like what, like, what are we going to do, man? That's like that old dude that has like the IG with like he's always like wearing fit or blasting fit pics. Oh yeah, yeah, the guy who's always wearing Supreme. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't want to be that guy, but um, I imagine we'll be doing some sort of uh, content. Yeah, uh, what po- at what point are we gonna have to give up fits, man? Hmm. Never. See, I think the thing is with that guy, he's wearing young people fits. He's wearing like fuckboy clothes. And so there's like this uh, mismatch of like his age group and what he's wearing. I mean, as we get older, I would hope that our taste would mature or we we stay in like the things that we're, are classic. And so we'll get fits off, but we're not going to look like clowns. Yeah, you need like a babe cardigan. Babe cardigan. No, we're talking Mr. Bathing Ape. <laughs> You oh, that's right. that's right. That's right. You gotta graduate yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. Sophisticated baby. No, put a miss like you're gonna be like, no, nah, no, nah, dog. That's Mister. That's that's the Mister. Yeah. You're <laughs> the see one. The mustache on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The mustache. Yeah. Know the difference. <laughs> no, that ain't ape or bape. All right. It's it's Mister. Um, oh man, I, ape is the biggest. I can't do. I can't do ape. I, I remember walking into a, an ape store for very first time in like Hong Kong, and I was like, "What's yeah. going on? Like, is this a knockoff?" And then I realized it wasn't. Yeah, same thing. My uncle was like, yo, they opened a bathing ape store in um, Mongkok. You're going to love it. And I was like, dope. And so like, I went through and I was like, wait, all of this stuff looks different. What is going on here? And then I had to Google it and found out that it's like the takedown brand, I guess. It's like the 10 deep of uh, bathing ape. Something yeah, like everything is just like slightly off. It's funny because like, I'm sure you saw those because Bape released the NBA jerseys, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like Ape recently released like a Raptors collab, which okay. honestly was kind of fire. But like, I, I'm not trying to have that logo on a jersey. You know what I mean? I feel you. The, the logo is a little bobo, man. Can't yeah. do it. So so we're gonna upgrade to Mister Mister Bape. <laughs> yeah, um, man. I I do think Asians have an advantage in terms of still getting fits off when they're older. Just because well, like, Asian don't raisin. Yeah, it's that plus like, I feel like there's this aesthetic of like being that like old like cool Chinese uncle in like Chinatown. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you can still get fits off and like and like by that point we're probably like give up sneakers, like it's just like Birkenstocks with socks. But then graduate to like the toothpick in the mouth all the time. Yeah, to- toothpick in the mouth and like you can just wear pure like bootleg. Like, you can wear, like, a bootleg hat from, like, Chinatown, and it'll probably make it look cool. Yeah, and you pull it off. Yeah. I'm actually okay. looking forward to that. Okay, so so we still we still have some years left. Yeah, we're, I mean, fits off, we're getting fits off to the grave, bro. Yeah, it's funny, because um, I was going to ask you about your take on bootleg clothes. Because I saw yesterday you posted on IG, I think it was a local Atlanta vintage seller. He had that, like, uh... 72 wins don't mean a thing without a ring shirt like the vintage yeah. bull shirt right yeah, yeah. um 
which is a super cool shirt. Um, I like a lot of other people because of the last dance have been browsing a lot for like vintage bull stuff. And I bought a bunch of bootleg bull shirts <clears throat> from this Hong Kong dealer on eBay. They're basically yeah. bootlegs of bootlegs. Like they were like the old parking lot bootlegs, like how they used to do like the hip hop theme shirts. Yeah, sure. I mean, those are just made by creative individuals in uh, Chicago, like yeah. at the time. And the the original bootlegs are selling for like five six hundred dollars because like Travis Scott wore them once. Yeah. And so you you're trying to collect them or? Yeah, or, no, I, I just want to buy to wear them, and I usually don't go the bootleg route, but. I bought a bunch of them because they were selling for like fifteen dollars each, and I just like I just like the art on it. Yeah, I mean, my my take on bootlegs is if it's fire, then what's the problem? You know, unless you're trying to like be completely like like you possibly starting a vintage store at some point in your life and having like authentic stuff, then then carrying bootlegs here and there may or may not like tarnish um, your reputation. I don't know. But for someone casual like me, who is just like, that's the fire graphic, I want to wear it. Um, if the bootleg's cheaper, then I'm going to get it. Or if uh, I can't even find the authentic version and only the bootleg's available, but I still want it, then I'm just going to buy it. You know, it's more a convenience thing than anything else. Yeah, and I, and I think for t-shirts, um, if it's a quality t-shirt, I'm cool with. Like, I don't think I'll buy, like... There's just certain bootlegs that I won't do. Like I won't do like bootleg like Nike sweaters or whatever. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But um, like bootleg uh, Grateful Dead, I do a lot of that already as it is, and it's just because like there's so many creative people making bootleg Dead shirts. Like it's fun, fun to support. Yeah, and you know face masks too. You were talking about like what about face masks? Face masks. Because cause you were saying not a lot of people are in masks, right? Like yeah. that, that you're noticing outside. I'm noticing that like Chinese people are in masks and the non-Chinese are not. Yeah, I would say it skew. I would say it skews more towards like minorities are in masks. Because I, I was driving around like Buford Highway, um, Buford Highway in Atlanta is kind of like I would say where a lot of the ethnic, locally owned ethnic restaurants by minorities are. And like our Super H marks kind of on Buford Highway, stuff like that. All the boba tea shops are here, right? So, but you also have a lot of like Colombian and Mexican and um, what have you restaurants all all sprinkled throughout. And if you drive up and down Buford Highway, everyone's wearing masks. Uh, but then if you just like go outside of my neighborhood to like the local restaurant, it's like a lot of white people sitting on patios not wearing masks. Yeah, and that's just what it is, I guess. They're just willing to risk it all, eh? Yeah, or they, they're like, well, I'm not sick. I mean, there's like this whole, like, maybe that's just, I want to say maybe that's just like being an American, but I don't know if it's that because, like, I'm pretty sure it's happening in Toronto, too. Oh, it's happening everywhere, man. These, like, anti-lockdown protesters. I think I saw a sign at one of the protests online where someone just held up a sign that said, I have an immune body, and I'm like, all right. Like, I honestly don't know what, <laughs> what? these, like, what's going on, man? Like, braggadocious. <laughs> No, that plus like, like you sent me the links. Like people who gathered for these have reportedly been gotten sick. A majority of them had gotten sick like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. The, like, the Wisconsin protesters, like literally two weeks later, like seventy-five people got sick from that rally. Yeah, like what? What are we doing? 
that's the proof right there. I don't know what else you want from, uh, you know, that's, that's just science talking. No, the proof is everywhere, man. Did you see like in Seoul, in Korea, where they had this nightclub? And oh, and then it, people got, and it got spread. <laughs> yeah. I read and... this thing, speaking of young people um, not caring, um, I read this article the other day about uh, New York having these like underground uh, nightclub scenes like at the in the basements of like rep to go restaurants. I read like, that. This was in uh, airmail. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, they yeah, and the author, the the writer of the story went. I think she was yes. there. Yeah, and... but it was weird because she didn't name names, right? She wasn't there to like put on blast. She was just there to say like this exists. Yeah, so there's these underground like techno clubs where like they'll do like invite only like to to family and friends for like 20 or 30 people, which honestly is a pretty sick idea if it wasn't a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, like I love it in that oh, let's go to like my homie's party. Yeah, and it's only going to be like chill people there. Like that's awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah, or or they were talking about how like restaurants are still letting people in but like to their basement. Right. And just serving tables and and if people come they just pretend they're just there to pick up. Listen, man, people people are breaking the rules, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so some weird. of them are going to survive it and they're going to be pretty empowered by it, I think. Yeah, and then others will get sick and be like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Yo, all I'm saying is, like, when I see, like, even one article about people detailing their personal experience of being sick and, like, how I was in the hospital for, like, 40 days and I'm still having trouble breathing, I'm like, I really don't want to deal with that. Yeah, not worth it, bro. Not worth it at all. We actually talked to someone who, on this uh, Localers uh, Staycation podcast this week, um, who had uh, COVID-19. And her boyfriend did too. And uh, neither of them had to be hospitalized, but said it was like terrible. So if you want to hear a first-hand account, go listen to that. Um, But yeah, pretty crazy, man. No, like you don't want to deal with it. And and like like we've been saying, man, like we still know like nothing about it. Like last week I was reading like all these kids were starting to get sick, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like things are like things are still at the very beginning stage which is really wild to me i think like 48 states have like reopened now in the u.s and, <laughs> we're just and, so and, out here bro bro it's crazy like you know like i low-key there's like one percent of me that respects the confidence of it especially when you yeah. look at the charts and the chart is just like spiking all the way up yeah well i did hear today i, I listened to this a few hawaiian radio stations because you know i love that uh, Hawaii, but um, there's a guy on there talking today about how there's zero new cases in Hawaii, so they're really pushing to like reopen at least the local economy, not the vacation economy. Like they still don't necessarily want people coming to like go on an island vacation right now, but they said they do need to like start opening things up, uh, and the malls just reopened and stuff like that. Yeah, so. it's just like I, I guess it's just a matter of like trust. Like, like trust within like the whole community because we have a province here in Canada, New Brunswick, that's literally been reporting zero cases now every day. Like that's the level that you need to get to. Now, it's a way smaller uh, place, so, so it's easier to contain, I think. But like th- you need to get the cases to like those numbers before you can think about reopening, which is it's so wild to me watching the U.S. and seeing all these photos of like people at the beaches and stuff. 
Yeah, I think Texas had like 1,800 new cases yesterday. Like, what are, bro, bro. <laughs> and those are just the reported ones. What are we doing? Like, man. seriously, we're like laughing about this because it's so ridiculous. But like, what are we doing, man? We don't know what else to do but laugh about it, man. And keep making content. Yeah, that's that's all it is, man. Oh, you know why I was brought up face masks? Because I was like, because I'm thinking like, because face masks, even when we go out, it's going to be, it's it's going to be a necessary thing for at least for for those of us who like choose choose to wear it like you know when i've been going out for the walks and runs like i'm definitely getting my mask on so like i feel like face mask it's got to become part of our part of our fashion aesthetic for at least the next two years bro yeah this dude bro i don't know if i'm I'm gonna actually go but um this local photographer hit me and was like yo i want to take your quarantine portrait uh downtown this week and like you know, social distance and have you wear a face mask and all that. And I don't know how to feel about that. So I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, but um, is it just going to be like you and the photographer? Yeah. But I think he's doing a series of like Georgians. Um, and he hit me to do it and, you know, I'm like, cool. I get to like be Asian representation in your thing, but also I feel weird about being depicted with a face mask on. So I don't know if that's going to be me or not. Oh, so you do feel weird with a mask. I, I did feel weird the first time I went out in a mask, but then it kind of flipped to the point where I was kind of just judging everyone not in a mask. <laughs> you, you're not on my team. I'm judging you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do that when people wear Yankee fitteds. <laughs> no, but wearing a mask is weird, man. I, I remember, I, like, I used to stereotype, like, even, like, in Chinatown or whatever. Like when I see people with masks, like you just automatically think, oh, they must be sick. Yeah. Or, but or but like, I feel like I feel like that's changed a lot now. Now it's like, if you got to be smart, like you got to wear a mask, and it's not just for yourself. You're like protecting other people. Yeah, I mean, it is the smart thing to do. It's the woke thing to do, and I guess you just have to be that influencer. All I'm saying is, we need to get some cool masks. Um, I, I ordered some. I ordered some masks from my friend. Ailish, you should actually check out. She she opened an Etsy store. She's been making masks with her mom, and they're donating masks to health workers here in Toronto too. I think her Etsy store is called Cotton a Pi- Pandemic, so like a pun okay. for cotton in a pandemic. Um, okay. she's, she's done like tie dye, you know, certainly not the level of tie dye that that you do, Larry. You know? Oh come on, man! I'd um, be happy to rep anyone else's tie dye. <laughs> I'm not like that. No, you're tie dye snob. Um, <laughs> no. No, that's okay. Anyway, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see what those look like or what. No, but what but she's do. been sewing stuff like like Raptors, like masks, and like better than the ones that the NBA are putting out. Because I don't know if you've seen. You the mean NBA fanatics? Ones. Yeah, fan- <laughs> yeah, fanatics. I always imagine fanatics to have like uh, like an eighty acre warehouse because they just seem to have so oh, much yeah. product. It's so huge. I mean, they carry. The, I mean, they they offer the dumbest products too, like the the mo- like. I can't even think of anything dumb now, but like Argyle sweater, like whatever team you want. And it's just, there's so many SKUs. Yeah, so you're right. So the warehouse is probably gigantic. And think about like the the people that work in the warehouses. Like I imagine like the pickers, like the people that go and like fill your orders. They're probably getting stuff wrong all the time. Oh, for sure, man. And like, I don't know why they produce so much because obviously so much of those just sit like, when when you're just like slapping 
Mickey Mouse onto like a Portland Trailblazer shirt or something. Like there's oh, right. so much random stuff that they put out. But yeah, the the masks that I feel like the official uh, NBA site and fanatics put out were kind of trash. Like people are out there like being really creative with face masks. Like I came across a site where this guy took like um, like the Ralph Lauren like polo bear like linen and like is turning them into masks, and they and they look really cool. Um, all I'm saying is we gotta be on the lookout for like cool masks, man. That that's a, that's gonna be a new aesthetic. Yeah, maybe I'll just hold out and cop the Louis one. Wow, L- LV pattern. All right, yeah, I can point you to some <laughs> bootleg. I'll get a bootleg LV. <laughs> yeah, bootleg LV. I mean, it's gonna be graphic. It might as well be like the the flex of all flexes. I would imagine. You know, like I, you know, I love the Atlanta Hawks and I love like Atlanta United, but I don't know that I want to wear those logos on my face. No, me neither. Like I'm. Like, yeah, like those official ones. Like, I'm not trying to have a Raptors logo on my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so weird. I already, you know, you probably already got it on your jersey and your vintage tees and all that. But like, I don't know. For some reason, sports team masks not my thing. I'm just saying that we're gonna have to figure out navigate this uh, face masks as fashion thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. No, it's definitely here to stay. Um, lots of Georgia things that I wanted to. Fall. okay first of all <laughs> i hear i hear a sigh from you already first of all is brian kemp brian kemp like juking the numbers or something i read today that he had he had to apologize for the yeah, third time because apparently they're, they're like not presenting the numbers in like chronological order so it makes it look like the, it's going the curve down. is going down what are you serious man can you tell me about this what's going on man he apologized he came out and i think they did that for a few days in a row and then people called him out on it and then he had to apologize about it but I'm like, what is the motivation there? Like, why do you do that? It's so stupid. Um, so I guess the numbers are going up. Let's be honest. Numbers are going up here in Georgia. And our leadership is not um, not great. No, what the, else is there to say? <laughs> no, like, that's no, but what I'm saying is, like, the, the bigger story is just that's, like, the disinformation that people will just run with. Oh, for sure. Oh, I got a cool story about the Brian Kemp thing. Um, the guy that does the sign language during Brian Kemp's briefings, uh, he's, he's like this deaf dude and he spent, he's gone viral before on the internet for, uh, like doing sign languages during, um, like hip hop concerts and things like that. And so he's like very animated when he signs and they interviewed him in Atlanta magazine about, uh, like, why he's doing it for Kemp, and he's like, oh, I work for an independent agency, I get contracted out to, like, gigs, and he's like, it's not about, like, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, it's about disseminating information, and that's why I I do it for Brian Kemp. No, you know, that's, yeah, I guess that's one cool thing. Yeah, it's cool. Coming out of Georgia entirely. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, another cool story. I'll, I'll plug my own stuff. Uh, I did this Air Jordan One poster collab with my friend. Uh, he's a local screen printer. Sold out in four hours. Yeah, bro. I was actually trying to go and get one after that day, and I think I saw you were posting that it was sold out. But you're restocking, right? At some point. Yeah, I'll be restocking. Um, and actually, if you go to my website right now, LarryLukeDesign.com, I have a pre-order up there right now. Um, so I'm just. I secretly put up a pre-order, and I've already gotten ten orders, 
and I haven't tweeted about it or anything. So go cop there if you want. Um, yeah, go cop. I'm, I'm going to go put in a pre-order after. The cool thing is uh, we were able to donate money to a local uh, nonprofit here called Safe House Outreach that does um, – they kind of help homeless people rehabilitate and, like, reintegrate into society, and they also, like, feed homeless people too. Uh, so pretty cool what they're doing, and we were able to donate money to them from the proceeds, and um, we'll be doing that again. We're doing another release through Backside Press Editions in about – I would say 10 days or so. Um, it'll be a slightly different version of that Air Jordan 1 graphic, but still very cool. And then we're going to be donating to another nonprofit. So there's that. Or if you just want the the print that I already released, you can go to my website and pre-order it. Yeah, no, everybody should go check it out. I, I own several of Larry's prints. He's been kind enough to send them to me, and they are they are all amazing. Um, maybe this is a good spot to talk about your, our upcoming, well, your upcoming museum talk. Yeah. Um, okay. So museum of design Atlanta. Um, they, uh, I've had like kind of a relationship with them on and off for the like last, man, I can't even think like 15 years, like we've done work together. I volunteered for them before and agency I worked at, uh, we, we kind of helped with their rebranding even. Um, so really good friends with a lot of the people that work at Museum of Design Atlanta. We call it MODA. And, uh, they're doing this quarantine, uh, design presentation series called Drink in Design. So it's like a happy hour thing and they get local and, um, international designers to kind of like show off their studios, talk about some of their work and everyone's like watching on Zoom and having a cocktail and, they asked me to participate, which I was kind of blown away by because they've had some like pretty amazing guests so far, people I really look up to in the design world. Um, my friend uh, Stefan Kjartensen, he's an Icelandic designer. Like He helped CNN like, with their brand way back. Uh, he's, he's like a big dog. And uh, he, he did one, and then this uh, amazing illustrator and typographer, Luba Lukova, who I really look up to, um, she just did one last week. And then they asked me, and I'm like, damn, like I don't, I don't think my work is on their level, but maybe it's like a different vibe. But uh, I accepted, and I said, like, hey, I'd love to do this, but like, can we make it a little bit different? Because like, my deck's not going to be like type genius that Stefan's is, you know, it's not going to have the illustra illustrative, like, uh, weight that Luba Lukova had, but like, I'll talk about sneakers and I'll talk about basketball and I'll talk about like the work I've done for local Atlanta organizations. And I'll talk about my passion projects, which I think is a interesting angle because like a lot of designers go so hard at having a career and then they forget to have hobbies. Um, so that might be something that's cool, but my favorite part about that is I was able to convince them to let you, Alex, be the moderator for this talk. Um, and I think this is the first time they're going to have an outside moderator. And um, we already have a rapport, so I think it'll be a fun conversation. Yeah, no, I was honored um, that you asked me. Did they have to? Did the museum have to like vouch me to make sure I'm not going to like you know go off the rails? And no, I mean they, criticize they jump, criticize jump man, and their Instagram page. <laughs> did you get did you get blowback from Jumpman for that? Nah, man, Jumpman's not following me like that. 
Um, Jumpman's not following me like that. Um, yeah, they've they've had some they they've had some uh, interesting posts since you see it, right? That. Yeah. Um, no, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, no, the museum thing is gonna be fun, man. Um, we obviously still need to chat about it, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be cool. It'll, it'll be cool to just chat um, with. I assume it'll be a, a very like local audience that'll be tuning in. Most probably, like I would say, like eighty percent Atlanta, and then uh, the rest like nearby states, maybe one or two international viewers. But I think that's still like cool to maybe like in your case grow your brand amongst a completely new audience here and then in my case kind of like show a different side of myself and my work so that'll be cool yeah it's uh you got to put brian kemp's like a fake charts into your deck (laughs) misinformation and infographics (laughs) yeah that's a good call just just tie-dye his graph i actually Um, need to like make my deck i haven't even done it yet but uh probably do it next weekend are they giving you like specific like are there specific things you have to include or is it just pretty much what you want to present what i want to present they actually said please um talk about sneakers they wanted to they wanted to like focus on sneakers so that'll be cool yeah so we're gonna need brands to just seed us some stuff for for this whole presentation is what you're yeah saying. yeah the presentation's on um March 26th, it's a Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can register for it at museumofdesign.org slash drink dash in dash design. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if there's limited spots or not. It's just a Zoom link, but I think to, you have to register to get the Zoom link. Yeah, so, and I'm sure we can, we'll, we'll promote it more closer yeah, we'll to as well to, to make sure people can come and check it out um just just trying to get back on on the seating on yeah on the yeah seating i list, mean you know what I'm we will be talking sneakers so I, I i need probably jump man to send us like all the new stuff and if there's any like tom Sachs like mars yards laying around i'll catch a couple of those um i'll say that it would like really inspired my work you know yeah um i just want um any uh nike air max 90s um you know not not trying to be specific i already bought the sale colorway so no don't send me a double because those aren't really <laughs> reselling <laughs> yeah i'm not trying to, i don't need one to rock and one to sock you know I'm, I'm good i'm just gonna beat my pair to the ground and also i mean everything is gonna be on ice for the next two years anyways yeah so, yeah everything's ds <laughs> it's like I, I copped a couple sneakers and then i'm like why did i do that it's like can't even wear it oh well yeah, well, the last big purchase I made was I bought the Sakai waffles that you have. Which one? White? No, the the other oh, one. Oh, the OG. blue, the blue, red, yellow. Man, yeah, that's a great shoe. Yeah, I, I splurged a little bit on that, and haven't I'm, even I'm, rocked them yet. I'm literally just staring at it on my shelf right now. Man, um, like I don't know, like I guess I could just rock it in my con. I guess I could start rocking fits when I go out for my walks. Like, I haven't really been trying when I'm going out, for, like, you know, getting a fit off on these walks. I'm just like, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you get a fit off, right, But and then are also wearing masks, then you become a mask influencer. Be like, man, that, that guy really can dress. Yeah. Like, you can really dress if you get a mask off as well, you know? <laughs> if you can get a mask off, exactly. No, when this is over, I'm going to go to straight to Chinatown. 
and start assembling some of these Chinese uncle fits, man. <laughs> You're already putting together like the next phase of your life's fits. No, I'm I'm Just trying to go out. I'm trying to go out in like Burks or like uh, slides, like Nike slides with socks and shit, man. So, man. what is your opinion here on the like post sneaker world? Like, you... Oh yeah, um, I mean, it's fine. I, I feel like because um, who are the guys that are it's the guys on the throwing fits podcast that are really pushing that, right? Yeah, and I, I think I think it's because of their like they're of a certain age where they want to transition and i mean we're we're in that age group um but i think it's a very personal thing you know what i mean yeah i think it's a very like you know if sneakers and stuff sneakers and stuff can still be your aesthetic and i think one of the things they more get at is like and they always shit on the travis scott shoes which i crack up at it, it it's just more <laughs> like you don't have to like like you know it's not do or die to get that reverse swoosh air jordan one Travis Yo, yeah it never has been though right what is is that your opinion too i mean yeah I'm, i know you love you love sneakers yeah like i mean i i got caught up in the hype a little bit too but i mean we talked about this like those travis scott dunks those bandana great, looking man. dunks like those oh, are yeah, one of the those worst are, shoes ever those are big trash they're, they're trying so hard with dunk right now like yeah. all the dunks like uh there's the ben, like and ben and jerry <laughs> come on and you sent me like there was like a grateful dead mock-up like they're dropping a couple of grateful dead ones which yeah, I, I know you were a little bit on the fence about because you're a big like you're a deadhead you know I, yeah i guess you could say that um I, I really like them i i almost want a pair to collect but never to wear uh, but they're ugly they're hideous like all the dunks are hideous and i remember like dunk wave one way back when we were living it that then uh there were some ugly ones but none of them were ever fugly like this like these the are I, just yeah the, the thing i always like about dunks too is just i mean i guess you could say they still have stories to them but i mean back in the day like a lot of dunks had really cool like the storytelling aspect of it was was actually cool and it was very and and you know better than me like storytelling in sneakers is corny a lot of times right well now it's always a stretch trying so hard to do it sometimes the obvious storytelling is the best like hey this is a dunk and we collab with futura that's all you need to know yeah, right that is and, yeah that 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 is all like the one example i always go to is they release these like sports illustrated jordan ones the milwaukee bucks <laughs> and, and, <laughs> uh, uniform inspiration on this on the swoosh right that one yeah and it was like based on the color scheme of the sports illustrated cover that michael was on and i'm just like just release the chicago ones you know <laughs> yeah i know no but, but why are they about? always trying to scam the consumers by releasing all these brick grs brick and... gr granular ass story it's a stretch it's a complete stretch to start with like come on he went to college at Carolina. Just do UNC once. Just do Chicago once. Like, what's the what's the problem, man? But or then, like, but... or just do a colorway. Like, just do a Milwaukee Bucks colorway. Like, what is up with that? That was a bad colorway. That Sports Illustrated one. Oh. And then I see a lot of people taking like that colorway or like the Bloodlines, which is another yeah. terrible colorway, uh, and customizing them and like turning them into like 
knock off like Chicago ones. I guess this makes me a hypocrite because I was advocating for bootleg clothing earlier. But yeah. I was just like, man, like it's either a Chicago one or it's not, you know? Oh, yeah, I t- I'm totally there. That's that. I think footwear is like a lot different. I think footwear is a lot different, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I mean, I like some of the customs that some of these guys do for like NBA players and stuff when it comes to like putting graphics on there and stuff. Yeah. But repainting a shoe to make it like Seem almost like another color. shoe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see a lot of people doing that with like uh, some like uh, royal black toe type things and trying to make it look like the fragment ones. And I'm like, oh, don't just yeah. don't even do that, man. People made just... so many bootleg fragments. Um, there was a guy, I think, in my one of my Toronto sneaker groups on Facebook who like had like the fragment like logo, like he had a stamp where he could like stamp it in. Man. Um, and I'm Just like, it does look, hard, it does look close, but I'm like, yo, then like every time people see that shoe, I'm going to have to tell fragments? the story. I'm yeah, going to have to be like, like nah, no, nah, actually no, I spent uh, $247 customizing it. Um, it's so corny at that point. It's super corny at that point. Yeah. And at that point it's like, what's like, that's not even the point of like having sneakers. <laughs> yeah. At least to us. I mean, to the young kids, it's different. I was talking to, a kid who, uh, kid, there's a kid who lives down the street from us, and we were on our, a walk the other day. And I, I ran into his dad, and this kid loves sneakers or whatever, and he's all about like copying and reselling and that that kind of thing. Um, shouts to Grant. Grant, he's a nice kid, but uh, his dad was like, <clears throat> "Do you even know like what what's the significance of the shoe is?" And he's like, "I don't know. They're just Jordans, and people buy them." And he's like, "Well, why don't you watch like The Last Dance?" And like learn about like why these matter, um, and I'm not sure if he was interested or not. But it's it's it, it is so weird. There's like a con- complete disconnect as to why we care about Jays versus like why a younger generation does. Yeah, we'll say that. Well, not only has Last Dance spiked up the market for like everything Jordan related, it's cool seeing all the ar- archival footage, like even shoes that we maybe just take for granted now like seeing him in like a pair of like jordan 13s like sitting in in his locker like smoking a cigar like it just makes that shoe cool again i know i was like man that's i was like that that looks really good (laughs) but but then like it only looks good because it's him and also like like we'd have to like get a whole like bulls fit off like we'd have to get the bulls warm up and everything and but then it'll look too much yeah i i can't pull off a 13 so I mean, I love I love the thirteen. It looks great on MJ. It looks great on other people, but it doesn't look good on me. Yeah, like even whatever. seeing him like in the Space Jams or the Concords. Oh like, yeah. Like, and then you just remember why that shoe was cool again. And well, I've we're seen recording... a lot of people wearing Concords lately on the gram. Yeah, and, and like we're recording this before episodes nine and ten air, but like episode nine is going to touch on the flu game. And oh, okay. Like the flu game, like that was like game my shoe falls. growing up, man. Yeah, maybe I should wear those tonight. No, I'm not gonna wear them. Yeah, tonight. you gotta lay out three pairs of J's and take a photo on your Instagram. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, couldn't it's, be me. So many people do this. I'm like, yo, this is wild, man. No, but it's old heads, right? It's always old heads that are doing this. Yeah, but. I respect. I respect the OGs, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Okay, so I wanted I wanted to talk to you about something 
this, this is like speaking of like kind of criticizing people for the for the content they're making. Yeah. So like topic, let's go. Who's this bro, Gian De Leon? Oh yeah, you know he's the... he's a long time. He's like a long time fashion writer. Okay, so he wrote this thing this week about the clout drought. Yeah, I have that saved. I haven't read it yet though. So okay. I got beef. Like, I don't really know who he is. I know he writes for High Snobiety and whatever. And uh, he wrote 1,500 words about how, like, current content is, like, at the level of, like, too many channels on cable and nothing to watch. And basically, like, I found his writing, like, very hard to read. That's just a personal thing. And then on top of that, he doesn't really like provide any solutions or or anything like that. He's just creating more content to add to the drought. I'm yeah, like, so yo, what, was, this what like, was the premise of the piece? Like, what what does the piece get into in terms of the clout drought? He's just bored. That's what he is. Like, I mean, come on, I, I get it. You, at High Snob, there's probably not a lot of like dope stuff to write about right now, especially in the fashion world. So it's just like starved for good content. Meanwhile, creating content that is like a complete waste of my time to read. And then secondly, he he said something about how like if I see another like dyed Zoom spirit on cage, I'm going to throw myself out the window. <laughs> that's and I'm why, like, okay, okay. yo, that's why fucking you're mad. at me next time. <laughs> that's why you're mad. <laughs> like, come You finally me, got bro. to the bottom of it. Yeah. I mean, that sent me over. I was like, bro, like, I get it. You're bored. But like... How many died Zoom spirit on cages are there? There's like some people at Nike that did it, some people in New York that did it, and me, and then like this other guy in Nashville who copied me. But that's it. Like you're gonna say, you're gonna say that there's too many of that, and there's not like too many push-up challenge or too many something else. Like that's the one thing you're gonna hang your hat on, and like, like fucking at me next time, then, All bro. Right, so this, so this is personal. Well, I was like, this is. He clearly saw what I did, and maybe he didn't like it, and that's fine. But like. You, like hyperlink me bro he didn't <laughs> yo hyperlink me bro should be a t-shirt by the way <laughs> yeah man i mean and then and then he i could i couldn't even i bailed on the article it was too long and it wasn't going anywhere and he's just adding to the clout drought all right i got i got i gotta give this article a read to be fair i've i've enjoyed jian's work before and but but i will give this a read and listen man like i'd probably be pissed too if you know, I've been doing quality tie-dye stuff for a while and people are just like offhandedly kind of disrespecting you about it. Because I think that's the problem. It's like tie-dye is such a thing where like all these people are doing it and then like you just get lumped together with everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe it's that. But also I would say I spent my uh, quarantine creating things uh, and making people happy. You know, like donating to nonprofits, getting posters to people who like it, tie-dyeing socks and sending them to friends, not trying to make money on it, right? Like, I've been trying to find creative ways to, like, put positivity out there. And then also doing podcasts and, like, hating on stuff. I get it. Like, I I get the need to, like, talk trash. But, like, definitely at me. Like, there's no reason for him to not at me. Damn, this is a wild segment right now. I, I think... <laughs> 
No, but I think meanwhile, it's like, what are you doing to contribute, bro? Like you're like literally you're just writing a like a rambling article that doesn't suggest anything, any positive outcomes. Well, you're I contributing think, to the clout drought that you the term you created yourself. I do think that's like the least interesting type of content sometimes is when it gets a little bit too meta, you know, it's a total meta article, the whole thing. Yeah, like like when writers do meta stuff or like one of the things I've always hated is like when writers do the whole like, oh, um, I quit social media for 30 days and here's how it made my life better. And I'm like, I honestly and then don't mean, and then And then he's circulating that article on social media <laughs> after the fact. Yeah. You know? or, or, or like people on Twitter who always have to be like, yo, um, I'm going to deactivate. I'm like, just deactivate then. Like, why does it yeah. have to be an event? No, because they need people to like come for them. But that's the entire no, point of social media. You. Yeah. But but then why are you going off social media then? Because you're only gonna get that on social media. Right. Exactly. Uh, I just think any anything that gets too personal or meta or it's like people aren't writing about the thing, but they're just like talking about it instead of like diving into anything like concrete. Is I think what you're yeah. like kind of getting at too. Like, I'm like, where's this article going? Like, I'm reading this. I'm like, what is the fucking point? And then, like, meanwhile, he's like interviewing people. Like, he interviewed Chris Black, and I respect Chris. There's a lot of people like bigger names in the industry that he's like interviewing and getting pull quotes from, but they're not constructive. It's not like he constructed an argument worth like giving a shit about. So I'm like, this is more noise. You're literally creating more noise while complaining about the noise it's like yeah ugh, I, I think there's i'm still waiting for a really good article about influencers in the pandemic and i know we've shared some <laughs> links back and forth i, I might i, I might keep getting stop. recruited to be an influencer oh Remember yeah i sent you all those emails yeah so i was recruited whatever i'll tell this on air shouts to my guy jonathan kim so i was recruited to so there was a local campaign here by Coors Light Canada. They they partnered with the Raptors because it was a one-year anniversary of Kawhi's Game 7 shot against the Sixers. And they reached out to me and basically everybody in Toronto to recreate the shot and, like, tag them on Instagram. And they were giving away, like, courtside seats to a Raptors game next season, which there would probably be no fans anyways. And so the I, idea is you you recreate Kawhi's shot and probably like use a hashtag or something. Yeah, it's like a hashtag, and then you tag Coors Light Canada, and then there's a hashtag that you know to encourage other people to do it. And I have nothing against these campaigns. Like some of my friends actually, I thought came up with like pretty creative things, but it's just not. It's just not to the grid though. Yeah, to the grid. Um, it's just like I don't want to do that first of all, and it's also like it's just not. I just don't find it interesting. The grid is sacred. Like, I'm not. I'm not just gonna like put Coors Light on my grid. Like, yo, that doesn't like align with my personal brand at all. You know, big label beer. Well, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, losing every sponsorship opportunity. Um, no, I do a local one for sure. But um, but you can kind of you can kind of smell you can smell yeah. a bad campaign fundamentally it's not even that um i think i just don't like when people tell me what to do <laughs> for sure and then they hit you later and be like oh yo like uh there's a typo in your thing can you change it or 
oh, you know, like this doesn't really align. Like what you said doesn't align with our brand. Can you like maybe edit your comment a little? And you're like, get out of oh, here. I've, I've had that before, man. Like I went on a press trip for GQ, like I think three, four years ago, whenever they re-released the Space Jams and wrote a whole article about it. And I had someone from, wow, I'm really going to lose all my sponsorships. I had someone from like Jordan Brand um, like through their agency hit me up and be like hey can you actually put this entire like uh thing from our press release in your story and i was like i can't do that <laughs> like they were asking me to just like copy and paste entire paragraphs it doesn't flow story. and and i'm also like that's just not how it works like obviously there's just like kind of wink wink thing of like i'm doing you a solid you know in exchange for this but, uh, you know, at some point, like, I do, like, I have to be the one that takes control of the story, too. Like, that's, like, literally all I have on these things when I do, like, uh, like collabs with brands. Right. I know. Like, let me work. Don't tell me how to do it. Right. I, I, do find, I do find it really frustrating sometimes dealing with just people in that area, like, in agencies and stuff. Because there's just a huge disconnect with like what I can do versus what they want. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, like, I'm, I think sometimes though, like on their side, they deal with people who maybe like kind of like micro influencers, but they just don't know how to like social media well. So they have to like create all these like guard guardrails to follow for posting. And, uh, and, the, and, then, and the problem, uh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, well, well then, first then, then off, when first they... Asian moment. This is like when the when we roll the dim sum cart around. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, you pick, you pick. <laughs> no, no, you go, you go ahead, you go ahead, Larry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but when they come to you, established brand, established voice, they shouldn't be telling you how to post the space champs, right? They would assume your audience like already freaking knows like the relevance of the shoe and the other shoe that came with it in the bonus box. I get it. But like, shouldn't you just tell the story in your own words, not copy and paste a Jumpman press release? Yeah, I think that th the problem I run into a lot too is just a lot of these brands, it's hard to get access to anybody to, to even say, and even when you get access to people, like people, they don't really say anything, right? Uh -huh. um, like, like, especially like the top people, like execs, designers, creators, like, I'm sorry, like a lot of them are just boring. And, and they probably yeah. aren't they probably aren't boring but like they will be in, in a setting where they're giving a quote or being interviewed for a story so it's always just a back and forth of like okay we want you to write something about this and i'm like yeah i have this great idea i, I can pitch it to all these different places but um like who are you gonna give me access to right and, and they're also probably more afraid to say the wrong thing than to actually contribute something of meaning to your piece yeah so it ends up all they do is they just get coverage from all the blogs that you expect right like the hype beast the high snobs the complex and it'll be like oh here's all the attached like media images and here's a quick write-up where like i'm always like trying to push and be like hey you can actually tell a really good story there that will end up paying off for you but also kind of service what i want to do but it's it's always impossible to get to that point yeah, I mean, it's a fine line between copy and paste uh, and actual uh, content worth reading. 
and I would say most of the time on like at least at least like hype or sneaker blogs, they just get somebody to write it. It doesn't even. I mean, they've had me write for them before, and I would say like the stuff I've written about these Adidas cleats is way more informative than any uh, basketball shoe press copy and paste press release that they do. You know, um, there's just a low barrier to entry to like writing for these sites. Uh, and so like it makes you wonder like what's editorial and what's not like who really like knows how to write and who doesn't like what's what's the point of all this you know that i think we talked about this offline before about like there's like all these sneaker influencers that are out there but they don't really give a lot of opinions on like what's good and bad they're always so afraid to say what's bad because they don't want to lose the plug yeah that's the other thing too like once you get too close to it um it's a, it's a weird cycle because, you know, these people become influencers and, and they're kind of go-to spots for a lot of people following sneakers or, you know, the different parts of sneaker culture. But then it's like nothing happens. Like you just end up hyping the same. It's like five influencers hyping up each other. Yeah, I know. And then, then like, what's the point? I guess we need like a new crop of people that are willing to like just talk about like what's actually on their minds. And honestly, if you're a brand, like it's gotten to the point where it's just so transparent, the influencer relationships, that it kind of yeah. really defeats the purpose. You know what I mean? I know, right? It's like you know what? If I want the shoe, really, if I if I need the shoe bad enough, let me just pay like my two twenty and get it over with, and not have to like owe you an article that's gonna like be such a laborious task. And I don't blame some of these agencies but you know obviously they go off numbers right like if you have yeah. 20k or 30k instagram followers like you're gonna go on this particular seating list but sometimes you really have to look at like someone like myself or yeah. people like people like me like i Let actually look have at how many followers alex has yeah right so now. i i think i'm at like 2500 on on instagram and it's one of those things where like i actually people like me who have maybe like a like a maybe more a cultivated following or whatever you want to want to call it like i actually have people hit me up about shoes like when i post something yeah like, okay i so, probably i probably help 16, move 16.2k on twitter yeah so for the written word you definitely way way higher than on the ig which is visual and yeah, Passive, but, but, you know. but you know, for like influencing, they just go by the IG. Yeah. Um, and I, all I'm saying is there's just a lot of people out there who can probably help influence and move product more than if you just give it to the same five influencers over and over again. Yeah, that's true. Um, or just, but I guess it's like, it's easier just to like hit the button and know where the seating list is going to hit and just not have to worry about it and say, hey, it's going to, it's going to do this well. Yeah, rather, I just than, find the rather whole... than have to think about how they're going to seed every time. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to come off like sounding bitter or whatever, because you know I'll just run to StockX. No, actually, StockX is banned right now. I'll just run to Goat, <laughs> um, and you know, cop the pair that I can't. But it, it's just one of those things where I find the whole process to be very like unimaginative right now. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is the same thing with like a glossier influencer girl or whatever it might be. You know. It's just very formulaic. 
it's formulaic and i feel like people are just like sick of it like we're sick of it we talk about it every week it's not relevant here and during quarantine times so back to um the modern or the uh high snob article it's like contribute something of value say something like don't knock like the system right now just because like the this like seeding product influencer uh formula isn't hitting right now uh doesn't mean there's not another way oh there's there's a there's a million other ways but uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. You know, I still have to read the article, but the article is probably not contributing to what it wants to, right? Mm-mm. Not at all. Yeah. So, wow, we're really getting angry over influencers. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my hey, favorite. man, I, I just I just got opinions. I'm just gonna blast them off. That's that's what this pod is for me. Yeah. Let's run through. Let's see what else. What else I have in my notes? Can we talk about Jeremy Lin? Yeah. So. Jeremy Lin got a Tiger Bomb sponsorship and coach. He's been getting he's been getting his money. Fire. What do yeah. you think? Oh man, that Tiger Bomb sponsorship, like I talked about it a little bit with my friend Will too. Like that is like an aspirational goal if you're an Asian. Like mm-hmm. imagine if I told my parents that I got a Tiger Bomb sponsorship. Like yeah. that that would be they would be more proud of me for that than anything else I've ever done in my life. But you, um, they'd be more proud if it was Bakfayo. Oh yeah! Wow, that's a they'd be like, they'd yeah. be like, whoa, we use that. Yeah, they'll be like, we're sorry for putting you through. Uh, well, absolutely nothing because my life has been easy. Um, but yeah, man, the Tiger Bomb hoodies, hats too. I know. Let me get that hoodie though, and oh, a dad hat. Oh real. my god! Yeah, my friend Young says one of his friends has like a real OG like Tiger Bomb dad hat like and man that's dope yo that's a that's another item that if I can find a good bootleg I'm in yeah. Asian legacy brand yo Asian legacy brand and um, I'm not just saying this because I'm about to moderate this museum talk with you but museum merch museum gear I feel like that's the, that's the wave too man like, like a what, museum like of Chinese in America hat Dude, let's get Nicole to boot like that. So our my friend Nicole, who I think we're gonna have on the pod now, the next time I'm on as a yeah. guest, she's been doing like bootleg museum merch, and she did like SF MoMA stuff. That uh, she, we'll let her plug it next week. But, yeah, but uh, let's, yeah, she's kind of on let's that. Definitely get Nicole to make some Chinese merch. Hell yeah, so cool. And then on the Jeremy Lin tip with the coach. Uh, sponsorship too like i've never looked at coach like that like that's not been one of the aspirational luxury brands that i've ever wanted to own a piece of but like let me get a piece now oh like, so you're telling me the sponsorship is working speaking of influencers i mean it's jeremy lynn jeremy no, that's lynn. what i'm saying that's that's true yeah. influence coach do you do you see coach as luxury i've always viewed it as kind of like on the cusp i would say they're above michael kors but below everything else yeah, I think that's a good call. But Coach has a big um, Asian mom demographic too, man. Oh yeah, my mom, <laughs> my mom Janet, she loves her some Coach bags. But uh, but yeah, you know, they're kind of like right there in the in on the cusp, I guess, but not quite. But I would wear like one of those jackets or you know, really any any uh, piece from that collection that I, I would wear. But let me get it for free though. Oh yeah, no, we we need um 
you know, after all the bashing of, of influencers, we're ready to influence again. Well, that's like sneaker culture. I'm ready to graduate to the luxury brand influence. Oh, you're looking for that Mr. Bathing Ape plug? Yeah, Mr. Bathing Ape and Coach are like my new... <laughs> I'm jumping to those brands now. That's a wild rebrand. Um, no, <laughs> Jer- Jer- Jeremy has a signature sneaker too with a Chinese sneaker brand. And they, yeah. they can't keep them on the shelves, right? They sell out all the time. Yeah, we need to get on that seating list, man. That would even be fire. If, even if they look terrible. like I just want them on the, on my shelf. No, I've seen them. They look pretty cool, actually. They're pretty sleek. I've seen a few colorways that are okay. Um, I think if it was easy to purchase, like online and available, like I definitely pick up a pair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we're basically just gonna f- do whatever, like whatever Jeremy is promoting. I guess we're just following. I stand Jeremy, bro. I have no no reason but to stand. No, it's uh, he's he. We're very proud of him as Asians. Um, he's no Andrew Yang, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that reminds me of that Twitter uh, NBA conversation I sent you earlier oh, this Oh, yeah, weekend. it was with Jeremy and Andrew Yang. I didn't watch it. I don't know if you watched any of it. I watched, like, the first 10 minutes. It was yeah. Jeremy, Andrew Yang, and I forgot who was moderating from the NBA, for other another former NBA player. Ah. Um, but that's besides the point. But it was, like, the our hero and the herb. On the same chat, <laughs> yo. Honestly, I believe it. <laughs> yo, that's what you call. That's what you call yin and yang, bro. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Lin and yang, bro. <laughs> oh um... man, that was so crazy. But yeah, they they were both talking about just how Asians are being portrayed as like kind of like people to be victim victims of crimes and stuff like that, and how it needs to stop. So, I mean, a good conversation to be had. And Andrew Yang didn't say anything crazy, at least in the first 10 minutes that I watched. Oh, so he, he wasn't like, hey, uh, just just bow down to the, to them when they no, gave you a chink? No, he kept yeah. it together. Yeah, he kept it together. He must, he must have been prepped. He must have had a script. Yeah, Jeremy prepped him. Jeremy yeah. was like, well, here, you talk to my press guy. He'll get you straight. Yeah, Jeremy's like, everything that you wrote in the Washington Post, just say the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? What else? Oh, my parents are golfing again. My mom sent me a photo from the golf course yesterday. Nice, bro. Um, actually, wow. kind of jealous. Um, I'm jealous uh, too. I've only just been playing WGT golf on uh, my computer. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad they're back out there. Obviously, want to make sure they're safe. But my mom says, you know, it's very socially distanced and the golf course has all these rules. I guess she would tell me that no matter what, but, um, yeah, we talked about this before. Yeah. We we talked about, we talked about this before. I I think golf, as long as you're not not golfing with like eight people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, no, not like bachelor party style. No, no. And, um, shout out to, uh, Kristen Bartlett who sent out this tweet a couple weeks ago saying that, I'm pretty sure podcasts are now just an excuse for adult men to call each other on the phone and have a meaningful one-hour conversation. Uh, felt very personally attacked, but that is uh, <laughs> the exact purpose of this podcast. Yeah. So? <laughs> yeah. It's like, are, uh, well, are you calling me out here? Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, no, like, this, what's the point? She, you know? she, hi- she hyperlinked me, bro. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. If she hyperlinked you, yeah, then she's definitely calling you out directly. Like, I... I see no problem with it's facts like what she said. 
but that's yeah. okay. I mean, it's needed, right? Like this is what we talked about when we started this podcast or started at least my segment of this podcast was that um, there are other people out there that uh, don't have a lot of social interaction that are homies or homie adjacent to us. And they need to hear friends talking to feel homie more. adjacent is an amazing term. Every <laughs> friend that I cut off, I'm going to call him my homie adjacent. <laughs> yeah, homie adjacent. Yeah, but what I'm also, saying is like... I also need that on a shirt, but go on. The adjacent homies are listening to this and being like, okay, well, here's my friend Alex talking or here's my friend Larry talking. And now I feel like I'm friends with Alex. You know, like, uh, need this. No, I think I think people... There are people that are getting a kick out of this podcast for sure. A lot of, a lot of Asian listeners. That's the most that I've interacted with. Had a lot of people just hit me up on IG about certain segments and certain episodes. A lot of them are mostly just curious. Whenever I reference to like my personal life, they're just like, yeah. "Wow, you worked you worked at Sears in your twenties," <laughs> and they just want to know more. So, uh, for for anyone listening for the personal um, content, don't worry, I got some personal content coming for you. Um, yeah. And you know what? I got I got to say like I know Will Lou is like your most popular guest, but like let's just say like your y'all's reach is like Toronto, right? So and you talking to me is growing a whole new audience. Just saying. Yeah, no, and I'm and I'm enjoying having these chats. I I yeah. do definitely like feel burnt out like occasionally. I'm just like, wow, cuz I like committed to doing like uh the podcast daily, which I don't even know why. Originally I was going to do like two episodes a week. I, I think, think it was like, a personal challenge. You it was to a personal see challenge. How much content personal. you could make? Well, I I am definitely being personally challenged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, but I do have I do have a lot of fun doing it. Like I was just scrolling through like that. Like fuck, I've almost done like forty episodes. I think I was talking about taking a hiatus at fifty. Maybe I'll take a hiatus at one hundred. Um, I mean, take a hiatus when you want. Like yeah, like this, like this. This is gonna be a Michael Jordan situation. Like, like I'm going yeah. to the hiatus to go play baseball when I feel like it. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do when you when during your hiatus? I'm I'm gonna record episodes and, and just bank them. So then when I come back, I I can uh I can be like four weeks ahead. But then you gotta pretend like you're not talking about anything uh, of of timely nature. Well, that's right? the thing. Um, so so then like me and you will have to come up with like more like formatted shows. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because yeah, like a lot of the, you know, the other stuff I do is pretty formatted, like when I review that's movies true. and things like that. Um, that's the one thing, too, I've been trying to do, um, you know, obviously mixing in chats with you and some other people about like real, real time, like real life events. It's like I want people to when they find the podcast to be able to just flip back on episodes and be able to like pick them out. Um, yeah. The other thing, too, I don't know how you're feeling like creatively, like this was really good creatively and this is still pretty good creatively for me um besides the occasional burnout but um like i i want to find I, I need to find another project that i'm like that i'm excited to like dive into like outside of this because i feel like i've been yeah, doing a lot of sure. video and podcasts and like yeah for sure for sure uh, and i guess like the last dance pod is like kind of gonna be over after tonight yeah right? the last dance pod will be over i'm still doing like this weekly video thing with will but i need something like well, I guess I can say it. Like, I've been working on a book proposal. Work um, on the book, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, mean, I would. I would. I would admit, like, this is crazy. Like, let me just. I'll, I'll, I'll spill the tea here. I was feeling very burnt out, like a week and a half ago, mm -hmm. because I was. 
I was, you know, doing these posters and there's like online marketing for that. Then I was doing my job and then uh, starting a podcast for work and then doing this podcast and, uh, you know, tie-dyeing stuff and sending stuff to the mail. And there's just a lot going on outside of just like doing my job and being present for my family. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm tired, you know, super tired. You know? Like I probably need to take a break. And like next week is the week I was supposed to take a break. But I got a job offer out of the blue. And so I'm going to take it. <laughs> so, oh, so you're just going to keep pushing to the limit. Yeah. And so, well, so next week I'll be finishing up my current job. And then so I'll be are, starting a new job. Are you leaving Localor? Yeah. Oh my God. Yo, this is huge. Can you tell, can you talk about the new job or, or not yet? Um, it's at an agency here in town. Um, it's called Goods and Services. And uh, I got an interesting role that I can probably expand upon like in a few weeks. Yeah, let, let's, let's put that, let's put that on hold for two weeks from now. But man, yeah. man you're but leaving so, local. Like, local are the homies though, right? They are the homies. I'm very sad. Very like very sad to like leave them. And I still believe in the mission. And I'll I'll be around to like help with things. But um, I don't know. Just an opportunity to like hang out with other design people and stuff like that. Uh, and it, there there you know some other terms that like came through that were like positive for me. So I was like, dang, I didn't expect this to happen. It really came out of the blue. And I was like, y'all are crazy, right? You're kidding. And they're like, no, 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 no. And they kept um, making the deal more and more enticing. So I was like, all right, I guess the timing is not super great in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> but it just felt right. So I'm jumping to it. Um, so that's all to be said that, like, yeah, I was feeling, like, exhausted by my creative output. But um, there's no time to stop now. So this will this will rejuvenate you a little bit. So it sounds like this all came together like during the quarantine. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's what that's wild to me. Just because I know like all we've been reading is just like people losing their jobs, not getting new job offers. You know? Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, super thankful, super, uh, super like feeling like why me, right? Because um, I want to, I want to feel what the people are feeling. I want to be. Uh, understanding of the optics of how this looks and all that. And um, I don't know. I didn't expect something like this to happen to me, but here I am. No, I'm excited for you. We, we can, um, and we can definitely dive in whenever it's right. Cause yeah. I want to definitely hear more about it. And honestly, kind of good to hear that you were also burnt out. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I, mean, I think I that feel like a, a lot, I feel like a lot of people are though. You motivated me in that you were like, I'm going to crush it and make this content. And then you brought me along to like come on weekly by weekly to like participate in it. And then meanwhile, I'm like, wow, this is inspiring. I should start a podcast at Localer. And so we did that. And then I was booking guests and talking to people a few times a week and cutting up episodes and uploading them and doing all that in addition to my normal day to day. And then, meanwhile, I was still had my passion projects, and I had the speaking engagements coming along. So there's just like a lot of stuff I'm working on, and I was like, "Man, I need a break, yo! <laughs> like, I really need a break." So. No, I um, I feel 
I feel the same, but I think it's less the amount of work. But I just want to add something exciting to to what I'm doing. And like I was saying, like like I'm wrapping up putting together this book proposal. And I guess I can share it. I mean, if anyone listens to this and steals the idea, you have like four days to do it. Um, like I want to do a book where I pick like 10 to 15 iconic like sports magazine covers and tell the story behind them. Like talk to the photographers, talk to art directors, things yeah, like that. Yeah, and talk to the writer and, and even and, and talk to like, you know, the people running the magazine and maybe even the people involved. So I'm thinking like, you know, like the like the Slam magazine cover with the 1996 draft, like when Kobe yeah. and everyone was on that. Just like kind of backstories of not just um, why that magazine cover was important, but also why Slam magazine was important. That's cool. Yeah, and then like I've been diving through, like there's a Yao Ming, like ESPN, the magazine cover that I want to do. Um, I don't know if you remember, there's an ESPN, the magazine cover with Steve Francis on the Rockets and Destiny's Child. Yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah, like like kind of offbeat ones like that. But then also like, remember The Source, like the music magazine? Yeah. So they did The Source Sports for like six months, I think. Um, and I want to do one of their covers because I think on one of their covers, they had like Vince Carter on the Raptors, but with like Master P and like the No Limit Soldiers. And, yeah, I mean, it's just like, but it's yeah. so much, so much swag on one cover. Yeah, it's and so I just want to capture like, How did like, they come together? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to capture like the different eras, but also like, hey, like you know, let's talk about Slam or talk about ESPN the magazine or Sports Illustrated, Source Sports. So I'm still kind of going through, but I've had like a few talks with uh, the publisher, the same publisher that I worked with to publish my uh, Raptors commemorative book. So I mean, it'll either go, it'll either happen or not. So um, I'm gonna submit something later this week um so hopefully if it goes through like i can just focus on that project because like i've gone through like a few book proposals here and there so i know how these things work but like this one i'm I'm particularly excited about and it's i mean the one good thing about like quarantine and the pandemic is like i won't be like running around doing other things like i can actually just focus on this which will be cool well if it doesn't go through then we can just start a spin-off podcast (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it does, yeah. If it, if it doesn't go through, I'll, I'll go on hiatus. Um, you know, because I'm just like emotionally beat. If it does go through, I get to be the cool guy who's like, "Yo, I'm going on hiatus because I'm working on a book." On a book, what a yeah. flex! Yeah, like drop the mic. Yeah, like don't don't talk to me. No, but um, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I felt like with all these things I've been doing, including this podcast, like once I step away from local or probably won't be appearing on the podcast too much um so i'm like ah maybe i should start another podcast that's just like my voice so i've been considering that um but i don't know how much work i want to take on right now but i just feel like this is the the age of podcasts right now yeah and if you want to do it i mean you can you can obviously do it like weekly or something right like i think if you do like one episode a week it, it won't take away from like what the other stuff that you're doing and honestly like now that i'm talking through it like i think part of the reason i wanted to do so many episodes not just like personal challenge like i just want to get so many homies and adjacent homies on you know homie adjacent yeah homie adjacent is amazing man (laughs) you're welcome you can take that no yeah i mean i would say that i love podcasting with other people 
not necessarily like being a host and the one and only host. Uh, I love being a guest on a podcast too. So uh, that's my comfort zone. So if I were to start my own thing, it would be um, me running the show. I would have to send the show notes to the other person, like what you did to me. <laughs> yeah, well, so, hosts, yeah, hosts and guests are two completely different things, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know which one I'm more comfortable with, but yeah, I don't know, man. You're a good uh, interviewer. Like, this is the most casual podcast you do, the one with me. But like, when you run the shows on the other episodes, and when you're interviewing people, like, you're very put together in your questioning and. Uh, the show flows and it makes sense. Whereas this one is still, I mean, it makes sense to me, but it's definitely more of a freestyle conversation. Yeah, it's it's a freestyle. It's like, a, it has structure though. It's like structure adjacent. <laughs> okay, so, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yo, just watch me, watch me play this term out in like three days. Man. Okay, uh, let's talk about this. Um, Guy Fieri is good and Allison Roman is bad. Oh yeah, like, so give the, the backstory sh- here. Part of the show notes that we like literally haven't gotten to. So I just want to give a shout out to Guy Fieri, man. I feel like he gets flamed a lot. Well, flamed, no pun intended. He gets his like, style, sh- right? Yeah, he's flamed a lot for his style. And, and uh, I know like, you know, his food is probably not like the most like sophisticated. But he helped raise $21 million for restaurant workers. And is sending like $500 checks to more than 40,000 people in the industry. And I feel like he should get props for that, man. Like, yeah. That's, that's like, big. you, you want to talk about like out here, like, you know, people are singing like Imagine. Um, like celebrities are just like singing songs. And like Guy Fieri's out here like actually doing work and helping people. And yeah. And I, I don't think exactly. he's been doing, and I don't think he's been like, really putting himself out there in terms of, hey, give me all the props. He doesn't need to. Um, and that, that kind of just shows you how, like, he's a real one. He's really just using uh, his platform to help. He doesn't need the props. And that's fire. <laughs> no, that, that, I, all I'm saying is I'm a, I'm a Guy Fieri stan. I mean, I think I stand him a little bit before, but I guess you probably couldn't go too hard, like, publicly. <laughs> Yeah, um, a homie Trey Kirby loves Guy Fieri. They're homies. Like, they've, yeah, they've I, I think I, I, twice. I think unless he unless he big times me, I'm gonna have Trey on the podcast this week. So I got to talk to him about that. Trey won't big time you. No, I already messaged him. He says he's down for Wednesday. So there you go. Um, oh, can't wait to listen. What are you gonna talk about? Uh, haven't decided yet. Uh, okay. Might be a might be a freestyle adjacent. Okay, uh, let me get a shout out on there though. Oh yeah, okay. we'll 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 talk about you. So what's up? What's up with Allison Roman? Allison Roman. So I feel like I heard about her like until this stuff came out. Like I guess she's like a food columnist. Yeah, um, I've seen she, her. I've, I've seen her on IG before, and she she has a cookbook out. Okay, so she's like a pretty big. I mean, I don't know, man. I just Uber eats McDonald's. All right, like that's that's like my food knowledge. Um, but like she's she's a pretty big deal. And like last week she did an interview and basically called out Chrissy Teigen for selling out and then called out Marie Kondo for selling out and like using her brand to like sell products. Like meanwhile, she's like doing the same thing. And I think people took a lot of issue with it because she was calling out people of color. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that, that's it. Like I read, and then she like 
did this whole like social media thing where she was like talking to Chrissy Teigen on Twitter and then issued a whole public apology, which just didn't seem very genuine to me. It's like you said what you said, like it's fine. Um, yeah. And again, it's just one of those pl- things where like people are just speaking from a place of privilege. So oh, that, that's one hundred percent what was happening, and she's whacked for it. She's maybe she's a herb of the week. That, yeah bro. no she definitely is her and well brian kemp is like in the herb hall of fame right now so <laughs> oh, <first laughs> like he's ballot, just bro. like he's just there yeah first ba- no ballot necessary yeah no 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 ballot necessary but like yeah i don't know that stuff is just that stuff was just a little off-putting to me too like yeah i, I guess yeah my go exposure to allison roman was uh I, I saw who she was like before all this happened and i knew she was like you know, pretty white woman with a cookbook and kind of like a big Instagram following. And her cookbook's all about like cooking simple and cooking for you and cooking clean and, you know, just like what you would expect. Um, but it's very popular. And then uh, she was on the How Long Gone podcast with uh, Chris Black and um, Jason Stewart. And I was listening to that. And, you know, the their candor is very like, you know, they're two bros with like senses of humor and it's very sarcastic and off the cuff comments or whatever. And they had her on and it was a good conversation. And then I uh, <clears throat> went and checked out their podcast like reviews. And someone was like, I came here to listen to Allison Roman, but I couldn't stand like the hosts. They were so mean and degrading and blah, blah, blah. Like just talking trash about like the actual like show itself. And I was like, damn, that's crazy. And then, uh, so then I was like, who's the bad guy here? And then this news about Allison Roman came out last week, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe, like, maybe uh, she got what she deserved. <laughs> it's it's, it's always these people, like, you hear people mention. Like, like even if I follow nothing about the food scene and things like that, I've definitely heard of Allison Roman because people have talked about her recipes and things like that. And when mm-hmm. things like this happen, and the other example this week was Brian Adams. So he's, I, I guess he's this really famous, I'm, I'm literally Googling him right now. He's this really famous, like Canadian singer, songwriter. Oh, like everything I do, I do it for you, Brian Adams? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. See, I don't know. But like, yeah, 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 it's probably that Brian Adams. And like, he posted this whole thing about how like, hey, sorry, had to cancel our concerts because like, uh, of these people who decided to like sell bats and shit and basically damn, was like, really yeah so a lot of people were like damn like i guess i gotta cancel brian adams and i'm like you know what this is why i don't find out about anything yeah because yeah, everyone's canceled bro <laughs> it sucks when you have to cancel like your heroes yeah well i, I, I mean we don't, we, don't, we don't have to re we don't have to like go through it again but i mean the best example is kanye and we've talked about it yeah well i experienced that pretty young too i like i've talked about this band on the podcast before but i like this band unwritten law unwritten law from san diego they're a punk band i used to go to their shows all the time anytime they would come to atlanta or dallas i would be there became friends with the dudes like i just hang out with them after their shows or whatever and you know smoke weed together or whatever um but i was younger you know i was college age and these guys were like touring musicians like in a band that like sold like hundreds of thousands of records and um at one point, I just got a weird vibe from them. Like, yeah, they love seeing me and they love to hang out, but like, they were also like big timing me a little. And then that's when I was like, damn, just don't be friends with your heroes. Don't learn more about them. You know, like, I still love them and I love their music, but like, haven't hung out with them since. You know. Yeah, or just don't learn anything about anyone. Yeah. Uh, 
Like yeah. the, the less the less people you know, the better. That's the lesson, bro. Maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe why it's just better to be like private and not have podcast then. Yeah. Wow. All right, let me rethink my whole strategy here. Yeah, I'm just um, kidding. Well, no, no, we, we need more voices like us heard. That's what I say. And it's not like a self-serving uh, thing to say. Like, it's just like, the I don't know a lot of Asian males that, like, work in sports or work at sports adjacent um, and, or in the creative fields. So I feel like we need to talk. Like, other people want to hear this. Oh, no, I'm totally with you. And that's why I was mentioning earlier, too, that, a lot of people that has reached out to like engage with me about this podcast, like they've all been Asian and that's actually like super cool to me. Um, just, just to know that that's like a huge part of the listenership and it definitely just, you know, makes me want to service that audience a little bit more. What else do we got? Oh, we forgot to mention there was like a fall, four foot long lizard that was discovered in Georgia last week. What's going on in Georgia, man? <laughs> well, so, do you know about Yi Yi culture? No. Okay, well, Yi Yi is like a a term that I would say um, country people uh, exclaim, uh, similar to like a yeah or hell yeah or something like that. So, like hell yeah adjacent? <laughs> yeah. Yi Yi is like um, country country a country exclamation and it can kind of mean anything it's like i'm going to the store yee yee whatever so uh having exotic lizards is like definitely very yee yee and then when they get too big and not knowing what to do with them it's very yee yee to just like put them in the river or like let them go so i'm not surprised that this is happening i think it's like florida and georgia right Yo, that's what I was, I was going to ask you. It's funny you brought up Florida. Like, is Georgia at this point, like, Florida adjacent? Like, there's just a lot of Florida-type style news. We have borders that news. touch, man. We have like, borders that touch. Like, Georgia's the new Florida, man. South Georgia is North Florida, basically. Man, Florida's always so fascinating to me. Just, just, it's it's insane. And then one thing you got to note, you have to realize, like, Atlanta is the only dot in all of this that is like somewhat like woke the rest of it's florida yeah i think i need to think about that in that like dude i i even went to i went to charlotte hornets game in charlotte before and and like had like this like toothless guy in overalls like ching chong me like oh yeah there i I was at (laughs) i was at all-star weekend in charlotte two years ago and the security guards in the arena were just being racist to like me and a couple of um, other writers that I was with. And we were all minorities. Yeah. And they were just basically so threatening crazy. to like beat us up because like we didn't walk towards like the right, like arena door. <laughs> Isn't that what happened with um, Jeremy in Charlotte when he played for the Hornets? They're I think, like, I think people just like didn't know who he was. Yeah. He's like, uh, trying to get into the arena through the player entrance. And they're like, nah, nah, you can't come in here. And he's like, yo, I play for the team. No. You know, like they didn't even believe him. You know? That's wild. Um, all right, one last thing before we wrap up. I think you mentioned, did you mention Curb Your Enthusiasm on a on a staycation pod? I feel like you made a joke. Oh, yeah, 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 probably. You watch the show though, right? Oh, yeah, I love the show. Yeah, I was okay, just going to say, though. I was just going to say, like, 
the the past the season that just came out, I see a lot of people standing it, and I think it's the worst season that they've ever done. Really? Yeah, like I, I've been comparing it nonstop to like Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Well, okay, so maybe it was like there was a curb uh, hiatus, and so everyone was just like starved for curb your enthusiasm content. And I so think, this is what we got. Yeah, I, I think got. it might be it. I think for me, it's just that I think the show became too like self-aware. Yeah, yeah, like, I could uh, see that. It, it 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 became like kind of like a caricature of what what it was. Like you know, Larry David obviously knows that people know him as like this curmudgeon character, and I feel like they just dialed everybody up on the show, like Leon, yeah. Susie, and everyone into like like a gimmick of. Themselves. Of themselves it became meta um well i i could agree with that comparison i would say the one thing that i enjoyed the most about this season was that his mission to open the latte larry store that was like kind of in and out of every episode was my one of my favorite like uh plot lines in any season uh but that was just kind of like a background theme it wasn't necessarily like uh you know, uh, a, a, a characteristic that anybody had on the show. Um, so I liked that, but yeah, you're right. They were, they were a little dialed up. And I do. And I also feel like they got a lot of like A-list actor cameos on oh, yeah. the show. And I don't know. I feel like it kind of took away from it or like they kind of wasted them. Um, but yeah, but because know... like you could see that those actors were like, kind of enjoying themselves too much and in the role and not necessarily being the characters they were supposed to be. I don't know how to say it. Like they were like aware. Yeah. And I think he was trying to tackle all of the Hollywood me too stuff in his own way. And I thought that stuff fell flat. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't really understand or, or enjoy like when he, when Larry was wearing the make America great again hat, I know he was like, using it for a reason and trying to flip it but like it didn't really work for me yeah and i think that's the bigger point too i feel like this past season and and the season before it's felt like you know maybe we're just not in the world that we're in right now maybe he's not the guy that i'm trying to connect to anymore sure i mean look i want to see him getting in arguments with his friends but i don't need like worldview criticism from him yeah, but but I mean, I mean, Curb, nobody asked you, Larry. Nobody asked you, and and but prime Curb your enthusiasm. That's like an all time show, and yeah. I mean, I still remember the season when they brought in all the people from Seinfeld. Like that was a legendary season to me. Yeah, you're right. There's, I mean, the the there there's way better seasons in the back in the in the archive. So I guess you're right. It is kind of like um, it was like the. The farewell, it's the farewell tour. It's the MJ on the Wizards. Yeah, and listen, it's still, like, I still watch it every week, but I just, it's just not, it just wasn't as enjoyable as before. And you know what? It happens, man. It's like 10 seasons in, and he's, like, spread these 10 seasons out over, like, what, 20 years? So long. They're like, it's like, oh, did you see the new season of Curve? And it's like, I didn't know there was one. Okay. Yeah, but, but the crazy flex is, like, HBO is just like, yeah, whenever you want to do a new season, like, we're Come down. on. Yeah. Speaking of Curve... It's so random and uh, so tangentially related to Curb. I watched 
a 40 minute long show. It was, it was like small, short documentary, I guess you could call it on Netflix called long shot. And it's about, um, someone who gets wrongfully committed, uh, accused of a murder. And it's real. It's a real story of how he's trying to like, uh, defend himself and say, no, I didn't kill this girl. And it's so random, but Curb Your Enthusiasm is involved in solving the crime. Oh, is this, so, is, this the one of, where the, is this the one where they got the clips from the baseball game? Yeah. I've it read about this. It came out of nowhere. I could not believe it. But yeah, like, it's worth the 40-minute watch. It's called Long Shot, right? Yeah. It was, I, I couldn't believe it. It was I awesome. All right, I'm definitely going to add it to the list and check it out. All right, anything, Larry, before we wrap up? I am out of social energy. I'm good, man. Yeah, our museum talk um, on the 26th, uh, museumofdesign.org slash drink dash in dash design. Uh, me and you are going to do that. And then on... Um, check out Larry, Larry, Larry Luke Design, L-A-R-Y-L-U-K Design.com. Yeah. I've got the pre-order page open, so I'm going to put in a pre-order after this. Yeah, so if you want to cop one of these posters before they sell out, um, yeah, check the U.S. Canadian exchange rate, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just actually for my international shipping, I put an arbitrary number in there. It's probably going to end up being more so Canadians actually getting a deal. All right, so Canadians, shipping, so. you're getting a deal, and then Larry, yeah. you'll be back on in two weeks, and we're gonna have our friend Nicole come on. Nicole as well. Chow, yeah. So that'll um, be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. She's been sending me herb of the week suggestions. Wow. So, so well, like she's well, locked she, in. She should just make her own show notes then. Yeah. And be ready to come on, and you know she's she's already scared of getting fired on this podcast, which is uh really the purpose of this podcast to get people to speak their minds and get fired but you know uh larry has a new job congrats on the new job thanks dude and um i'll tell more about that soon but i yeah, think tell I more think about you'll, that you'll appreciate it and honestly I, th I think us going to to bi-weekly will be good number one uh, i can avoid burnout and get my weekends off and we can start pushing towards three-hour episodes oh god <laughs> I don't know. Remember I, I sent you a three. Remember I sent you a three-hour sneaker episode the other day. Yeah, podcast, I was like, you were I like, can't I'm, do it. I'm bailing. Oh man, I oh, bailed man. before it started. No, I mean, I think we could do two hours and even chop it in the middle and have like release some on consecutive days. That might even make more sense. But. I like that, but I also like. There's, I mean, I know you're gonna disagree with me because you don't like these three-hour podcasts, but nothing gets me more excited than seeing a podcast and seeing that it's like two hours and 27 minutes i mean obviously it has to be good and like maybe not all of them are good but <laughs> so I, dense I, I love seeing like the feature length the feature move because like i mean i'm going more for runs and like walks now like that's where i used to get all my podcasts in i gotcha yeah i mean look i nothing nothing gets me more upset than when a 15 minute podcast is over i'm like that's too short so there's a happy medium. And most people say it would be at the hour mark, but I disagree. It needs to go longer than that. Yeah, it's uh, it's whatever length I decide. That's the best. Yeah, um, <laughs> You're the creative director of this yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the COO. All right, Larry, we'll, we'll catch you in a few weeks. And uh, congrats again on the new job and can't wait to talk about it. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.